Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Go Up Podcast Edition. Where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We are your hosts. I am Dean. Dean, Dean. I like the European version. More smooth. European versions aren't always smooth, like caritas. <laughs> right. That's me. The Canadian Kratos. It's a little more smooth. But yours, Dean, has a nice flow to it. I like it. Flow. That's what we're going with, flow. Flow. It has a good flow. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. All right, Dean. Today, Kratos. Today is a new day. What is truth? It is. What is truth? You sound like a guy. What's his face? Pilot? Pilot. <laughs> what is truth? The age-old question. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to talk about truth. We're going there. We're going there. All right. This is going to be epic. And, Kratos, mm. this is podcast number 30. Wow. Is there like a sound for that or something? There's got to be. Click them all at once. <laughs> Wow. Wow, we showed up. We showed times. up. 30 <laughs> times we've done this already. Hard to believe, but it is true. Mm, so fun. Speaking of truth. Speaking of truth, yes. The truth is this is our 30th podcast. Mm. Pod show. Pod show. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still so fun. It is. It's still as much fun as when we started. Uh, yeah, it is. It's getting a little less weird listening to myself in the headphones, the microphone. I completely agree with you. That took a long time to kind of get did. over. <laughs> yeah. It also takes a long time to get used to looking at yourself when you're editing. <laughs> yeah, you. Are you not sick of me yet? or is it I'm just... <laughs> sick of me. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to look at yourself on the screen for <laughs> hours when, Like in end. normal reality, you only look at yourself, what, twice a day? In the mor morning, you're brushing your teeth, there's a mirror. Here you look at yourself for six hours <laughs> straight. This is why I pan to you so many times. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take this anymore. You know, I had to have a x-ray thing around my head to look at a tooth. I don't know, some fancy tooth x-ray. Okay. But there's this mirror in front of you. I'm there with my chin in the little chin rest waiting for the technician to reset the program. And I'm just sitting there with my head kind of strapped in, making just direct eye contact with myself for a very long time. How was that? She's like, sorry for the wait. I'm like, you know, the wait's fine. It's just a little weird to look into my own eyes for so long. <laughs> it's great. I was like, hey there, Jesus, you're in there, right? <laughs> He is in there. Mm, I had a guy say that once, a Muslim guy, years yeah. ago when I was working at the hospital. He kept looking at me funny and looking in my eyes. I don't know. I was kind of like, what is with this guy? Like, boundaries, don't make eye contact that long. But then he came up to me. He's like, I keep seeing God in your eyes. Really? And he was so serious. And I was like, oh, that's less weird. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, well. Somewhat less weird. I was like, well, I said to him, this is years ago when I was just so young and, you know, innocent. <laughs> You know, you're a Muslim and I'm a Christian, so if you're seeing God, you must be seeing Jesus. He's like, oh, wow, huh. <laughs> it was a revelation for him. Yeah. I've never had anybody say they saw God in my eyes. Mm, Dean. <laughs> no, let's not go there. So how was your week? It was good. Spent some time today looking at some beautiful pictures, actually, that a friend had sent me from an airplane. I was like, what are those things called that are way up they in the fly sky? In the <laughs> it's been so long since I've been on one. But that perspective mm -hmm. up there, you know, like flying over the Rockies and just you drive through them is one thing, but then flying over them just, 
amazing. And I know we're talking, let's go up here. We're talking, let's go up and photos don't do it justice. So you already know the amazing photos you're looking at are not even leveling up to what the real experience was like. Yeah. But then it got me thinking about you because you had told me before that your family, did they, I know you guys owned buses and you guys rafted. We also owned an airplane. Okay. Tell me about this. (laughs) Trains, planes. No, no. (laughs) Yes. We owned a bus. We owned rafts. Yes, we did. Own an airplane. And you probably owned a tractor. You guys were farmers, right? Our family had a tractor. Yes, my mother was a pilot. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Your family, the dynamics. I know. Like if someone wrote a story about your family, like a children's story, it would seem ridiculous. Like you can't have them doing that many random different things. But it's all true. It's all true. It's amazing. Truth. Yeah, We're speaking the truth here. Yeah, yeah. And we're not even exaggerating it. (laughs) Our family owned the ugliest airplane in the entire Western Canada. Why was it so ugly? It was seriously ugly, but it flew, right? Yeah. It was like chocolate brown and silver. Ooh, okay. Have you ever imagined those two colors going together? Hmm. And I clearly remember us kids going out to the airplane and polishing it for endless hours. Were you trying to get the brown off or what? <laughs> no, it just would get dull. Okay. And then we'd have to polish it. I remember mother taking us out to the airplane hangar and saying, here, here's some polishing <laughs> liquid, polish the airplane. And we would do that for hours. <laughs> it was our punishment. Your punishment? Or yeah. <laughs> See, this is the genius in some parents. The child is convinced that it's just a perfectly normal thing. And then you don't realize till you're an adult, like that was a lot of time just polishing. It was seriously horrible work. Because <laughs> I had a friend who said, when I was a kid, every time I went to my one friend's house, I think they lived in a trailer. Her mom always made us wash the walls before we were allowed to play. And we just thought that was normal. So we didn't even have to be told eventually. We just went in and started washing walls. Now as an adult, I'm like, man, we were just like doing free labor for this lady. Not even thinking it's totally normal. Well, for us, it was, you know, a lot of parents are like, please go wash the dishes. For us, it was like, go and polish the airplane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, my brother-in-law, he's an air traffic controller, but he originally had been a pilot. And he had said this crazy story that he was flying once when he was getting his training. Yeah, He had an instructor with him. And all of a sudden, he's leaning into the pilot and the pilot says, what are you doing? And he's like, well, the plane was turning so hard. So I was like, my body just kind of fell into him. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean? Why are you leaning on me? And he's like, because we're turning. And the pilot's like, no, we're not. And he's like, yeah, we are. My whole body is like leaning on you. Obviously, we're turning. And he's like, no, that's just an illusion. Look at your equipment. Mm -hmm. Look at your instruments. We're completely level. And he said it was just the craziest thing. Like every sensation in his body was telling him that they were leaning. It even felt like, you know, the blood rushing over to one side. But they were completely level. When you're doing your instrument training and when you're in a cloud or something where you can't see the horizon, Mm -hmm. you will actually start to feel like you are going to one direction or the other. And you will not be able to talk yourself out of it. Yeah. The only thing that would keep you from crashing your airplane because you're turning it because you think you're level when you're not mm-hmm. is trusting your instruments, oh. that they are actually telling you the truth. And for a lot of novice pilots, when they're in that situation, they think that their instruments are lying. Mm, yeah. And they will go and they will put the airplane off horizon and they'll crash or have bad accidents because of that. It's so convincing. Yeah. It is a thing. 
Mm, yeah. That's crazy. And you know what's even more crazy? I have no idea what. For once in the 30 episodes, I think we found a smooth segue no into way. our topic. <laughs> like, tell me how. Because <laughs> this is a first. Your instruments, despite how you're feeling, you have to trust. Trust your instruments. And Jesus. Trust that they're telling you the truth. Bam. The word is our instrument. What is this thing oh my saying goodness. here? Caritas, how Trust did we do it. that? How did we just do what we just did? So like the pilots way up in the sky, up, up, up in the sky, must trust their equipment. So we too have this word of glorious truth and Jesus who is the truth and we can trust it. I didn't even know what to say right now. Even if everything around you, every sensation and every feeling is saying something different, we can trust this. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what I just did. Hey. The mystery. What keeps a person feeling like they're level is being able to see the horizon. So when the horizon is missing mm. and when you're in a cloud yes. or fog, you have no reference to what level is mm. and you will start thinking that you're going crooked. Whoa. Yeah. Listen to this, Dean. Arise, shine, mm. for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness, the people. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about when you're in this place and you don't see the horizon, mm -hmm. this like deep darkness. Yeah. Deception can grow. You see it in the world, the deception, the yeah. darkness growing. Yeah. What is truth? Yeah. Right? And that horizon. And so in those times, the word, Jesus, our truth. This is a smooth. It's our level indicator. <laughs> smooth segue. <laughs> the smoothest we've done so far. You know, maybe we're onto something here. I'm not sure how we're going to carry this on into future episodes, but we definitely landed today. Oh, Ooh. snap. That's good. Oh. Speaking of pilot and pilots, mm, well, even more. <laughs> how did we do this? <laughs> what is truth? We are just so cool. Today we are. What is truth? Okay, yeah, truth. what is truth? Yeah, what is truth? You know, I tried to look a definition of truth up. Mm. There really kind of isn't one. Mm. I kind of got That's the weird. feeling that for thousands of years, philosophers have been trying to figure out what truth is. Yeah. I mean, I have a few things here, but when I read them, you'll see how ridiculous they are. Well, it and this comes out of Webster, right? Okay, yeah. Like, I remember in high school, one of my teachers said, Something about, you know, everyone used to think the world was flat. And now everyone thinks it's round. What makes you think it's round? It might not be round. And people are like, well, I've seen pictures of it. And he's right. going on and on about how you're just still like them, trusting the pictures, trusting the information that you're given. Me in high school, I just thought he was talking like ludicrous. Like, what is mm -hmm. this? You know, it's that subjective, objective. Is this where you're going? Yeah, well, I guess we could talk about that too, yeah. There's objective truth, there's subjective truth, and then there's normative truth. We can talk about those too. Definition of truth, the quality or state of being true. Mm. Um, okay. Wow, I like how wow. you just put the word true that, into the definition of truth. That really explains it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm catching on to the drift here. Yeah. That which is true or in accordance with fact or reality, mm. a fact or belief that is accepted as true. Those are the definitions of truth from Webster. Okay. Wow, that's weak. <laughs> it is really weak. <laughs> Here's a little paragraph. Truth is the property of being in accord with fact or reality 
In everyday language, truth is typically ascribed to things that aim to represent reality or otherwise correspond to it, such as beliefs, propositions, and sentences. Truth is usually held to be the opposite of falsehood. Once again, I feel that's pretty weak. But put a little more effort into a little that more, one. Yeah, they did put a little more effort into it, didn't they? <laughs> they put a little more effort into it than Webster did. <laughs> Truth. That which is true. <laughs> that which is true. Exactly. <laughs> Some genius came up with that. So then that, that's when you have to like flip back and go to true, not truth. I didn't look up what is true. They make you work for it. They try to save paper. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe that's what's going on here. Yeah. yeah. So I did discover that there is objective truth, subjective truth, normative truth, and a few other kinds of truth, which I couldn't really even understand. Objective and subjective seem to be the main two. So with objective truth, it actually has a lot to do with scientific discipline. So it's uncovered and determined by experts who try to prove that a phenomena exists using evidence and logical reasoning. Back in the day, that logical reasoning, like you said, determined that the earth was flat until new evidence came out that the earth is round. And then we had to change truth to new truth. Mm -hmm. So even then, objective reasoning is not always true because it's dependent on human reasoning and human research, which is flawed. So objective truth is not all it's cracked up to be. It can change. Mm-hmm. Well, the world is round now, so someone can tell you that they flew all the way around the world and started at one place and ended up at the exact same place. But you're still taking their word for it. That's true. <laughs> Even if billions of people have the same yeah. experience. <laughs> Here's a couple of other statements about objective truth. It is important to note that there is some debate over objectivity in science All research is conducted by humans, and human bias is sometimes impossible to avoid. Mm. Listen to this. Additionally, some scientific studies may receive funding from corporations and interest groups that may desire certain conclusions to be drawn from the research. So then the research gets twisted a bit. Mm. It is important to take into account biases and human error when evaluating these truths, especially if scientific studies are being used to push agenda. The agenda. Yes. So basically what we have and what we say is true might not be true, depending on how the research was conducted, if there's a bias behind it, what kind of agendas behind it, Mm. who's paying for the research, the purity of the research. One thing that popped in my head when you were talking was they said it's almost impossible to remove all the human bias. There's often some tiny part of bias in there. Mm -hmm. And it just got me thinking when Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself. Mm -hmm. Following him without any of this bias, like he even knew that that would get in the way. Mm -hmm. Subjective truth is even scarier. Affirming that what people says is true. As humans, we can't affirm that our words are representing the truth because we always, on purpose or not, modify the truth in order to protect ourselves, in order to justify our actions. Or to make the story sound better. That's right. (laughs) A person's truth, called subjective truth, Mm. is based on their perception, culture, environment, Mm. and opinion. So evidently, objective truth is based more on scientific research where subjective truth is our own version of the Mm -hmm. truth. How how it was interpreted. Yeah. Two different people can go through the exact same thing and feel completely different. Yeah. And remember it completely different and receive it completely different from one another. I had a thought the other day, you know, out of the eight some billion people on the planet, there are eight some billion versions of truth. (laughs) 
everybody has a different <laughs> oh version of what's true. Mm, yeah. Every single human being alive. So let's give each other a little bit of grace. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah, because that's the thing that you see so often is differences in beliefs or what someone thinks is true immediately so often causes a division or a divide. Mm -hmm. We were talking about this the other week about if we can see people the way Jesus saw them, mm -hmm. who was the truth, you know, surrounded by lies and deception and brokenness and untruth and still walked with so much clarity and compassion and love. So seeing people around you like he sees them. That way, when you're confronted with someone who believes something completely different, doesn't spread seeds of disunity. Mm -hmm. Normative truth. Oh, there's another one. Okay. Now, this one is somewhat the same as subjective truth, but normative truth is more truth between people groups. One country might believe that something is so, and another country might believe the opposite. Mm. Whole groups of people believe yeah. blocks of truth in different ways mm -hmm. or religious groups the body of hindu people might believe differently than mm -hmm. the body of christians or muslims to them that's truth though differences between religions cultures genders you know women might believe or perceive something to be true from their standpoint that maybe a man sees differently so yeah. you see that, it in politics uh, yeah sides political parties yeah they all think they're walking in the truth, Yeah, their truth. It feels more true when you've got a group. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> then you have other people around you supporting yeah. what you think is true. Right. And so then the truth becomes a stronger conviction. Because if a single person is deceived, for example, it seems a lot easier for a single person to be redirected than mm -hmm. a group of people right. who might be walking under deception. The mob mentality. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a group of people can be very difficult to convince of a certain thing if yeah. they all believe the same, especially Caritas, if they invest identity in what they oh, believe, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. Can make them impossible to convince about anything else. Right. right. Yeah. Well, and we had talked about time because often it's, well, I couldn't have been wrong for 40 years, right. kind of. Whereas if it was just one year, like, why would it make a difference? Wrong is wrong, right is right. Mm -hmm. Right. So what you're saying is the longer that you believe a certain thing, it's like almost the more like, entrenched it becomes. Yeah. The more rooted you are in it, and almost like you really have to humble yourself. That's what I've found. I've really had to humble myself in situations where I've believed something incorrectly for a longer period of time. Right. Versus because you become invested in it. And you've defended it. And or, you've defended you know, it. I've been identified as someone who believes this. If somebody, or let's say a political party, puts out a certain thought and then they have to defend that thought, mm -hmm. it will be very, very difficult for them to humble themselves and say, sorry, we were actually wrong. Yeah. Well, actually, that was in the news the other day about someone in our city who changed political parties. And it was a news story. Mm. It was newsworthy that he changed parties because he just started realizing he actually believed more about what this other party stood for mm -hmm. than what the one he's been serving for years is doing. So he crossed the floor. He, as he crossed the floor. And <laughs> to me, I was like, oh yeah, that would take like some humility and right. courage and stuff. But it was big news story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Admitting that you're wrong. Yeah. Or that That's you've changed. There was something you didn't see before. Mm-hmm. That you're seeing clearly. These are all things involved in the world of truth. The inspiration behind this podcast for me has been the fact that when I look out there right now, I feel like truth is harder to find than ever. Mm -hmm. Deep darkness, Dean. That's right. Deception. Truth is so hard to find. There are so many views. There are so many opinions. And with the advent of social media, 
people can put stuff out there that looks so real mm. and that looks so convincing, but how do you know? Modern technology in video mm. and audio, you can take anything that you want and make it into anything you want and make yeah. it absolutely convincing. You can take a story that's absolute bogus or you can make something up. Mm-hmm. You can make a video on it and make it look spectacular. Mm-hmm. Who would know the difference? Mm-hmm. So truth is really hard to find. It's like the flying that you were talking about when you're up there in the cloud and suddenly the horizon isn't vividly clear ahead of you anymore. You're right. And it gets to this point in life where you have to make a decision. Yep. I could try to keep flying this on my own. I was doing great before or rely on the instrument. Okay. Mm-hmm. Deep darkness covers the earth. He told us this was going to happen. We are alive for a time such as this. We have been given everything we need. He says, you are a conqueror. You've got yeah. this. You've got me. And now it's up to us. Like, what are we going to rely on? What are we going to look at now to get through this haze of confusion and deception mm-hmm. everywhere? I came to the conclusion this week that the only way that truth works is if truth is a person. Dean, that was a mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> And truth, wow. and truth is a person. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. So Jesus embodies truth. Yeah. So he is like the altimeter. You know, he's like the yes. compass. He's like yes. the horizon. If we keep our eyes on him, mm-hmm. then we won't be swayed by all of the other stuff out there. We won't be confused by what direction yeah. we're going or if we're tipping a certain direction. Mm-hmm. But truth only works when you have that particular person. Yeah. Now we can find truth. Yeah. Any other way, it doesn't work. Well, Pilate, what is truth? Yeah. Truth is literally standing before him. Yeah. In the flesh. What is truth? He still asks. Yeah. Right? Like it's right in front of you. Yeah. It can't be that simple. It's that simple. We overcomplicate it. Yeah. It's that simple. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we have a bunch of scriptures here today Ooh. on truth, <laughs> truth scriptures. <laughs> truth scriptures. Yeah. So we can just go through them. We can talk about them. Which is hilarious because all the scripture is truth, but then That's you find true. the truth scriptures of the truth. Truth scriptures <laughs> in the truth. In the truth. Of the scripture. Of the truth. <laughs> Spoken by the truth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. All good. Okay. John one fourteen. how about this? The word became flesh, made his dwelling among us, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I actually found a lot of these scriptures when I was looking them up. Grace and truth were side by side. Yeah. One thing I realized is that John speaks about truth a lot. Yeah. The word truth is in John dozens of times. Mm-hmm. It's only in Matthew, Mark, and Luke just a few times. Also, believe it or not, the Old Testament only has a few references to truth. The New Testament is full of it. Wow. Yeah, I don't know why. Well, and I love that connection you notice that John always put with grace and truth together because they really do need to be together. Yeah. Like truth without grace is not full and grace without truth is not full. So Mm -hmm. truth without grace can come off sounding quite insensitive. It's amazing to me that a lot of people think Grace is an easy way to get away with bad behavior and just keep doing it. But when you put grace and truth together, Mm -hmm. it doesn't even make sense 
Yeah. Grace is an empowerment to live above a line where you even want to sin. Mm-hmm. So grace and truth empower each other yeah. in that way. Wow. So here's another one. This one kind of emphasizes what we were talking about. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But whoever seeks the glory of the one who sent him, that person is a person of truth, and there is nothing false about them. So when you're speaking on your own for your own agenda, mm-hmm. you're not going to be speaking pure truth. Yeah. But when you're seeking the glory of the kingdom of heaven or the glory of God, then this scripture says you are a person of truth. So that kind of yeah. takes the agenda out of it mm-hmm. and the motive out of what you would say that would bring you to places of falsehood. It's this purity of walking without agenda with him. Puts you in a place of being a person of truth. Where your yes is yes, your no is no. There's no in between. Mm-hmm. It's just truth. That's it. Yep. Do you have one there? Mm-hmm. This one stood out to me when it comes down to the opposite of truth, of being deceived. Right. The way I worded it in King James in Second Timothy 3, mm-hmm. It was just so interesting. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And that word wax, like I heard someone once talk about like when they would make candles Mm -hmm. and you dip it and then you dip it. And so at first it's just this thin layer and then it's another thin layer and then another thin layer. And then until the wax builds up, the wax builds up. And the thing about deception, deceiving and being deceived is you don't know you're deceived. That's the meaning of like being yes. deceived. That one stood out to me because truth is so clear, but deception can actually slowly creep in. Mm-hmm. I think the cruelest thing about deception or religion is that it doesn't recognize itself. Someone who is being deceived doesn't recognize that they're being deceived mm-hmm. or somebody who is living in law or religion versus grace. They don't recognize that. And so they attack the other side, right? not even realizing that they themselves are being deceived. That's why the word is so important because you can swing one way where it's just the word and there's no dreams and visions and prophecies because that's too Mm -hmm. subjective. Right. But then there's the other way where it's like too much of that and it it doesn't match up to the word, Mm -hmm. right? Because the devil can creep in like disguise like an angel of light so you can have what seems like a dream from God or a vision from God or prophecy from God. But if it doesn't line up to the word, to Mm -hmm. the truth, it's those little deceptions that creep in and can start to distort until you start to wonder, well, what is truth? Because that just fell flat. Knowing what this book says, knowing what he says, Mm -hmm. he is the word, he is the truth. I have one here, John eight thirty two. Then you will know the truth, mm. and the truth will set you free. Wow. But I'm thinking of the word know, like we've talked about here on Let's Go mm-hmm. Up. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So this is knowing a person. Truth is about knowing a person, not necessarily knowing the letter. Be still and know. Like, be yep. still with him until you know. Mm-hmm. I never want to undervalue alone time with him and intimacy with him and his presence because it's in those places of stillness with just him, nothing else, where you really know someone. It's harder and harder to become deceived the more you know someone. Right. I'm just soaking up what you just said. Be still until you know. Okay, that is so profound. Yeah. I've never heard it put like that before, but for our listeners, Sister Caritas here has just given language to something that is so key in moving forward in life. Be still until you know. That's a crazy statement. There's no shortcut to it. You just have to do it. You have to go there, right? There's a simplicity to it. Yeah. It's really not complicated. He says, seek and you will find. Mm -hmm. Knock and the door will open. 
but I just wonder like, do we seek? And we're just kind of like, look, and then, oh, didn't see you. You must not be there. Mm-hmm. But like seek and knock and it will open. The truth yeah. says that, that that's the truth. Yeah. And that part of being still, but I don't know, then just be still until yeah. you know. Right. Until you know the truth. Mm-hmm. He wants to reveal himself to us. He yes, wants he us to know. Never underestimating the beauty of that place with him, of how much he wants to just be with us. Look at all throughout the word, going up to the mountaintop. Moses and Jesus, they went up. Jesus prayed all night before making certain decisions, and there was something valuable there. Yeah. I find it interesting how this verse says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If we're feeling in a place where we are feeling bound, where we're confused, or where we are wondering what is truth, like Pilate said, if there's no freedom in our heart, and if there's no peace in our heart, then we are not in a place of truth. I think what we need to do in that particular instance is go to Jesus, get to know him, and find truth as found in him in his person and let that free you from all the stuff that's confusing you. Because I know that there's a lot of people who are searching for truth on all kinds of issues. Is this particular political party, is this particular person telling the truth? There are so many versions of truth. Everybody is trying to convince us that their version of whatever is happening out there in the world mm-hmm. <laughs> is the right version to believe. Every political party is trying to convince us of that. Public figures are trying to convince us of that. Left biased media is trying to convince us of their version of truth. Right biased media is trying to convince us of their version of truth. Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to convince us of their version of truth. So there are so many opinions out there, but there's only one horizon. If we can find that horizon, if we can find Jesus in the middle of all of it, then I have a feeling that what will happen is the issues will become less and less important and knowing him because he's truth. Mm -hmm. He is the truth. It'll take over and it'll overcome all of those questions that we have and it'll help settle things in our lives that there might actually not even be answers for. Some of those things that are out there, it's so skewed that all of the sides are in the gutter. Yeah. Yeah, well, and the disciples came to Jesus with things that they thought were so important to know. Yeah. But he just kind of like so much of it. He's like, eh, this isn't what I want you to see. Yeah. This isn't important. It's not important. Yeah. yeah. Now that will be really controversial, Cretus. <laughs> but that's okay because somebody needs to speak the truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So it reminds me of this thought that I've been having. There's what is true versus the truth. Right. For example, I have the ability to commit a sin that is true, mm-hmm. but the truth is we've been set free from sin and we can believe that we're dead to it. We're justified means as if we've never sinned. Mm-hmm. So there's what is true, yeah? Yeah. Or there's the truth. Yeah. Well, from the very start, Cretus, in the garden, obviously God had spoken truth mm-hmm. to Adam and Eve and maybe the serpent was there and heard it. And immediately he took that truth and tried to skew it, just just ever so end it. Yeah, did he really or compromise mean? it? He probably didn't mean that. Like, yeah, I, and it's like true that you feel like you're leaning over in the plane, but the truth is you're level. 
And the word is so valuable. I had someone who was once talking to me and she was very anxious about prophetic and about dreams and about all these other spiritual gifts and stuff because she had seen it so skewed in people who didn't know the word. And so then she just swung way away from it. No way. Don't even touch it. Don't even talk about it. It's way too spiritual, way too mystical because she had seen it. I um, heard the word mystical. Mystical. (laughs) Do it. I heard my word. Word. It was too mystical, but I'm like, we don't have to be afraid of the mystical. We need to know this and be in this and know his word and know him so well that all the deception that tries the enemy, well, did he really mean, did he really say, you know, well, Jesus, when he was tempting him, well, just throw yourself off this cliff. It is written, the angels will catch you. But Jesus knew the father and he's like, actually, yeah, that is technically written in there, mm-hmm. but actually... I will not put my father to the test, right? He knew the steak and potatoes. (laughs) I feel like there's truth in the word of God and found in the person of Jesus on every subject that we constantly try to erode away. In particular, I feel like there's truth on healing. I feel like there's truth on our well-being and our prosperity, and there's truth on who we are, and there's truth on all kinds of things to be found that's actually quite foundational. But the moment that it doesn't work, we immediately start to question it. Maybe he didn't actually mean it like that. Mm -hmm. He must have meant it some other way. There's this one scripture that stands out where he says something like, be careful not to let even a little lie in because it can permeate the entire belief system. Mm -hmm. It's like leaven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeast. And this is where the renewal of the mind is so important. Mm -hmm. If we're reading this, we're spending time with Jesus, or we're in the world living in it with an unrenewed mind, everything we see is going to come through that filter. And so it's all going to be skewed. And someone can be speaking truth directly to you like Jesus and Pilate, but Pilate didn't have a renewed mind. So he just couldn't see what was standing right in front of him. Mm -hmm and he couldn't hear it. So there's something so vital in that, in preventing distortion of truth. I want to read another verse here. This one has both sides in it. John 8, 44. You belong to your father, the devil. So this is Jesus talking to a group of Pharisees, and you want to carry out your father's desires. Pretty extreme. Mm. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, Mm. for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. That, in contrast to this, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, Mm -hmm. he will guide you into all the truth. So the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. The devil is the father of lies. I think it's interesting how it says it's his native language to speak lies. Yeah. There's a reason why he infiltrates some form of untruth into everything that's out there. Because if he can start watering it down a little bit, yeah. you don't have to eat something with a whole lot of strychnine in it for it to kill you. <laughs> yeah. It just has to be a little tiny bit, right? Mm-hmm. So he sows seeds of untruth into stuff. It's his native language. He knows how to do it well. Mm-hmm. There's no truth in him, it says. Well, and you start to see where his seeds have been planted. The fruits of the Spirit aren't full. Like the joy might not be there or the mm-hmm. peace might not be there. And those are like important things to notice, like in our own life, Jesus, I notice I'm struggling with joy. There must be some other seed here mm-hmm. or something else because the fruits of the spirit include all of these things renewed in the spirit of your mind, he yeah. says. And I also feel like if anybody is struggling with trying to find a truth, we can go to the spirit of truth. Yeah, It says he will guide us into all truth. Mm-hmm. 
He will not speak on his own. So once again, he has no agenda here. Yeah. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. If we're struggling trying to discern between this or that, this opinion or that opinion, this political party, that political party, what this person is saying or what this person is saying, and there's a lot of that out there, mm-hmm. you can spend hours trying to decipher through the mess that we've made out of our world and the agendas that are so rampant in our world, controlled by who knows what, money, hunger for power, go to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Be still until you know. Mm-hmm. Let the Holy Spirit guide you yeah. into all truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He will show you the right thing. And in fact, what you're looking at as far as a, is it this or is it that, it actually might not be either of those things. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit might say, actually, it's neither of those things. Yeah. It is actually here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There could be an option that we're not even considering. We That's haven't right. even seen. Yeah. That's awesome. He even says, you will then be able to test and approve that which is right. good. It says in First John, this is how you can tell if something is error yeah. or truth. You can actually approve things in that way, going to the spirit of truth. Yeah. yeah. He will show you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do want to read what Pilate said. John eighteen thirty seven. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus said, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Then Pilate said, what is truth? But before that, Jesus said, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. If we're having problem finding truth, we need to be still mm-hmm. until we know. Yeah. Listen. Mm-hmm. Listen to him. Listen to Jesus. Mm -hmm. There's only one way to do this, Cretus, and that's with union, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's no shortcut. No. Jesus is truth. It's about getting to know a person. Mm -hmm. It's about spending time with him. It's about union with him, getting to know his heart, Mm -hmm. getting to know his mind. He knows the heart and the mind of the Father. Mm -hmm. He is the king of truth prioritizing him like you will prioritize what you love you will prioritize what you value in life Mm -hmm. and so if you love and you value him and you want to know truth you will prioritize him Mm -hmm. and sometimes that means cutting things out and that might look religious or legalistic to people but it's actually an important part in an intimate relationship yeah is certain things have to go because there's no room for it Mm -hmm. or it's infiltrating and it's speaking lies like would you still hang out with someone who's constantly bad-mouthing your spouse behind their back and you've asked them to stop, if they continue to do it, you wouldn't continue seeing this person. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with Jesus. If there's something in your life that's continually speaking against truth and it might feel good, like the itching ears, you know, you'll kind of at first try to surround yourself with things that kind of feel good because they comfort where you're at but you realize you're still not walking in full peace and freedom, Mm -hmm. it's time to start removing things. Yep. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. will set you free. That's one thing I would say is if you don't feel like you're free, Mm -hmm. if you don't feel freedom, turn your eyes on Jesus. Find the embodiment of truth as found in Jesus. 1 Corinthians 13, 6 says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Yes. So love rejoices in the truth. Mm -hmm. And I uncovered a couple of other verses. Second Thessalonians says, 
that people perish because they refuse to love the truth. So the phrase love the truth stuck out to me. We need to love the truth. Mm. Zechariah 8, 19, the Lord Almighty says, therefore love truth and peace. Mm. So I had a thought this week, what does it mean to love the truth? Yeah, if truth is a person. So it's loving a person. Yeah. So once again, there's oneness and union. Mm. Since I uncovered that thought that we need to love the truth, I've been going around and I've been saying, I love the truth. Mm. I love everything that's true. I want to be a person who loves the truth. Yeah. And I wonder if we fell in love with truth, yeah. if we'd be as tempted to sow those little deceits into our speech, because it's something that we all do sometimes. And I've even caught myself a few times getting ready to like skew something a little bit. And I've been like, no, actually, Mm -hmm. I love the truth. Yeah. And there's power in the tongue. Power of life is in the tongue. Mm -hmm. So what we're speaking and normalizing, you start becoming more aware, like, am I in agreement with this? Because this isn't in agreement with him. Yeah. So having a love for the truth. I've been praying all week that the Father would give me a love for the truth. Wow. I've never really thought of that before, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. falling in love with the truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, Caritas, that's where we end it today. Plane has landed. The plane has landed. Yes. For episode 30. This is the runway we meant to hit. We're down. We're there. (laughs) Amazing. All right. So fun, Dean. Always so fun. Always. So encouraging. Just pumped for this week now. There you go. Just, I want to know truth. Yeah. I want to love truth. Love truth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. So thanks for joining us today. Hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as we have. And if you've been encouraged by today's podcast, consider hitting like and or subscribe. Or the notification bell. Throw that in there. If you want to be harassed. If you want to be harassed throughout the week, uh, new notifications coming. (laughs) So we have been flying at 40,000 feet. So be careful when you open your overhead bins because items might have shifted. (laughs) Yes, and feel free to unbuckle and move about the cabin. (laughs) We'll see you next week. (laughs) Have an awesome week, everyone. Bye. Bye. 